Be confident. Be bold. Be authentic. But don't forget to take action. This is Ordinary to Badass, where our stories empower women to step into the spotlight of their own lives and pursue what they're truly passionate about. It's time to step into the arena and become more than just extraordinary. It's time to become a badass with your host, Marie Sonneman. Welcome to Ordinary to Badass, episode number 38. In this episode, I talk with Andrea Denningman. Andrea is the owner of a boutique and a total badass. In this episode, we talk about failure, negative people, her adventures abroad, and how she homeschooled her kids. She also has a tip for all of you moms who are homeschooling during this pandemic. Stay tuned. You won't want to miss what Andrea has to say. Welcome to Ordinary to Badass. Whether you're ordinary or badass, I'm glad you're here. Today's guest is Andrea Denningman. Andrea, thank you so much for being here. Excited to have you on the show. Thank you. So first off, before we go any further, I've got to ask you, do you consider yourself to be ordinary or badass? Uh, The short answer is both. Uh, The long answer, I think... I think being badass is a daily thing that you strive for. It's something that I feel like you have to make the choice to be every day. And so I just say it could be a daily or even hourly or even moment by moment choice. (laughs) (laughs) So how do you make the choice? How do I make the choice? Um, I basically have a vision for my day and I set out to accomplish those specific things and make sure that I have some things to look back on that I accomplished for that day to be able to get to where I want to go that specific day or, you know, that next few hours or whatever I'm focusing my time on to achieve. So, yeah. So have you always done that or how did you pick that process up? Um, I would say, I don't know. I feel like it's changed over time. I feel like, you know, you grow and you change as a person. And so I feel like before I was just like a very goal. I would write down my goals and write down my lists, my to-do lists and throughout college and schooling and things like that. But now it's more like I'm fine tuning that and I kind of know, okay, this is what I need to do. This is what I need to accomplish. And here's the steps to get there. It's more, it comes more natural now than it did before before I had to really think about it and plan it and still planning is important, but now it's, it's more natural to me now. So did you have to be like intentional about it and make sure that you planned it for it to kind of get to a point where it's natural now? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I should have mentioned that, but yeah. So to an ordinary, <laughs> in, in order to accomplish whatever I'm trying to go for, I, yeah. I would make that those lists. I would set aside that time to be able to do that. Now it's just something that I know I have to do every day as a part of my daily routine to, in order to achieve whatever I'm trying to do. So yeah. If if you don't do that, do you feel a difference? Oh yeah. If I don't say, (laughs) if I like wake up and it's an off day and my kids are screaming and crying, it kind of throws my day off, but there's always a way to circle back 
and get back to achieving those things and back to being badass. But we're all going to have those moments where we're going to be like, ah, so frustrating, <laughs> and like ordinary mom moments or, you know, just moments in your day where you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so off track. Or, or maybe it's just this day is a wash and you're just going to start fresh the next day and start new. <laughs> yes. So important. So can you tell us a little bit about you or about yourself? Yeah. Yeah, so like you said, my name is Andrea. I'm a mom of three gorgeous children. Um, They are kind of the um, inspiration and basis behind why I started my business. Um, But not only, so I I basically have two girls and a boy, Addison, Ainsley, and Aiden. Addison's 10, Ainsley's 7, Aiden's 4. And I always had a dream to start a business uh, specifically in fashion and to work in the fashion industry. And I knew from right in high school that that's what I wanted to go into college for. So I tried, I went into that avenue and eventually was told all throughout my life that, you know, starting your business and starting like a boutique, which is something that I wanted to do was really challenging, really hard. And you're not ready yet. You're not there yet. And that's kind of like, Every time I would mention it, I would be thrown back from professors or industry professionals or just different people in my life that were discouraging not discouraged me not to do it. And then I realized after having my second child and quitting my full-time job and staying home with them, I realized, you know, there's never going to be a good time to start fulfilling your passion and only you are, are in control of that. So that's when I decided I want to raise children who can see that entrepreneurial side that I couldn't learn through education. While education is a good, strong foundation to build on, I feel like real life experience is so much more important. So I started my business after my second daughter was born and it was a crazy time because I was homeschooling. I was directing a homeschool community. <laughs> I was working for my church part-time in children's ministry. And I was like, you know what, now's a good time to start my business, I think, because you know, there's never going to be a good time. Right. So I was like, I'm going to start it really slow and take those first steps. And you know, I'll take my time. I'll give myself a whole year to write a business plan. And then passion just took over. And I quit working for my church. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll lead this homeschool community and do this. And so I, it, basically took me three months to get my business plan written and all of my thoughts together and all my licenses applied for. And I then launched my business in October of 2017. So it's a women's lifestyle boutique. (laughs) So you're a busy mom of three kids. How did you find the time to write your business plan and to start working on your business? I think once I came to the decision that um, I want to make this happen, I just inundated myself with with it. I just, whenever I had a free moment, I was writing or I was working through. I used um, Christy Wright. She works for a group called Dave Ramsey. Yeah. She helps women uh, inspire, you know, women to start their own businesses or find their passion so that they can start a business. And so I had known, I've heard about her and known about her and my husband told me, like sent me an email and I was like, you know what, I'll just check out her book and get, cause it's like an easy step-by-step on writing your business plan. I was like, I could do that. I could do like a few pages a night 
and write all this stuff down and do it. So that's what I did is I worked every night until late hours of the night, just pumping through all of this. And it was like creative. When, if you're a writer, like you get your creative juices flowing and you're like in it and you're like going strong. So <laughs> that's how I got started with that. Was that Business Boutique? Is that right? Her book? Yeah. Business Boutique by Christy Wright. Yeah. yeah. It's so, a great book. Yes. I loved it. And I took her course as well. Oh, you did? I did. Yeah. Oh, cool. That's awesome. <laughs> um, I think it was before it was like actually like a membership site, but it was still the course she offered before that. Yeah. I just so, went to the conference and did the book and that's kind of all I did with that. Right. But yeah. So how did your life change once you decided to start pursuing what you wanted to do, like with fashion and just business? Oh, it changed quite a bit, I would say. So I was running this homeschool community. I was like, okay, this is, um, I launched my business in October, 2017. A friend of mine that I met through one of my women's networking group, she um, was like, Hey girl, she's like, you, I, ha I own a chocolate shop. She's like, you should come and do like do a pop-up there. And I was like, okay, great. And I was thinking, Oh, it's just a little pop-up. It's like my first one. That'll be fun. She's like, no, 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 no. I want this to be like your launch party. She's like, I want to help you launch your business. Oh, She's awesome. like, so you can use my whole store. I'm going to shut down and you're going to, you get to use it all for your stuff. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so sweet. So um, it's called chocolate, chocolate, chocolate. It's like a local chain in the St. Louis area, but it, she's such a great friend and per, like mentor in person. I just love her. But she launched my business with me and um, the first pop-up event went amazing. It was, I had no expectations, like none at all. And I was like, I don't know what, what's good. Like is like a thousand dollars good? Is 1500 good? Is 500 good? I don't know. I've never done this before. But like I, leading up to the week of the launch party, I had posts like a bunch of flat lays I did and posted them day by day until the launch happened. And um, from there, like it kind of like tailspin into all these other opportunities and open doors and windows. And then I was like, I had to make some decisions about what I was going to do going forward, like with the homeschooling thing. So it was crazy. I was invited a month later in, to join a collective in a store experience. In my mind, I wasn't planning on doing that for like five years. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I got into a store right away and started doing that. And then I was, I met like an, other boutique owners and connected with them. Well, I connected with one and we had decided that we were going to partner together and open another store together under a different name called Cohesion Boutique. So that we opened about, I'd say a year later, maybe six months to a year later. And that was crazy too. <laughs> but it was just hard to juggle everything. So I basically finished out my role and responsibility with leading the homeschool community. And I realized that homeschooling my kids at that time wasn't going to be something I was going to be able to do forever, or maybe just not at this time anymore. So I finished out that school year with my kids. I pumped and worked in my business on the other side and just try to keep all things going, got them and enrolled in school the next year. And um, things just kind of grew and grew from that. So it's changed. <laughs> so are you a part of two stores or one store? Like I know the Cohesion Boutique came second. Did that other one stay open or no? 
Okay, so yeah, um, I'm, I'm sure we were going to get into that. So that business I opened, we had it for a year and a half, and it's still very raw because we just closed it, like right when this coronavirus stuff oh, started yeah. happening. Right, but we clo- we got, we did all the negotiations with the landlord to get out the lease and all of that right before this happened. Um, my partner is just a single mama. She was going through a divorce when all of, when we were launching all of this and it's just really difficult to run a business and to have a a big life experience like that happen in your life. And so I just had to switch gears and was like, you know what, I'm going to focus more on my personal business and focus on Addie and Ains. And, um, it's just really hard, um, balancing everything with a, a partner. Yeah, it sounds and, like you're and, doing, sorry, go ahead. No, and just like keeping her, like keeping her well-being thought, thought of and your own and your own families. And so I, after looking at her numbers, I'm like, I didn't ever plan to do this by myself. And I was kind of starting to feel like she wasn't able to handle just everything that was on her plate. And so we looked at the numbers that with our accountant made the decision to close that piece of the business, but she has her own boutique still and I have mine. And right. so we always knew that we had that to fall back on and that this was just something that we were going to test and try out and see. Yeah, how it does. Right. I love how you're just kind of figuring it out as you go and you're pivoting as you need to. What is something that you learned from the closing of that boutique? Oh my gosh, learning, that whole experience was a huge learning experience. I am so grateful for the opportunity. Um, I don't look at it as a failure because I feel like when you make mistakes, you only learn and grow from those mistakes. Um, And I wouldn't have learned half the things I would have learned through that process. I wouldn't have learned how to manage all the different overhead expenses that you have. I wouldn't have learned how to buy for your customer, how to discover what your customers wants and needs are, what is something that they desire, what is something that they need from you, how can you help better train them to look and feel their best. And so through closing the store, it's just taught me like what I need to do before I do it again. It's not like I'm closing it for good, it just means I'm closing that piece and I'm focusing more on Addie and Ains and the website Obviously, it's a good time to be focusing on the website. <laughs> perfect time. <laughs> because of the quarantine. So it was like a perfect transition, I feel like. And God has worked in my life to, in, to weave all of that together, to be like where I am now and in this position. And I plan to, or hope to, I mean, things change and I move with the changes. But um, I hope to one day open a store just for Addie and Lane's. Um, and have my daughters and my children work in the business. Oh, that's a cool vision. Yeah. So do you try to picture that often? Yeah. So that was like really the basis behind starting Addie and Ainsworth's Boutique was I wanted to find something that I could weave my faith, fashion, and raise my children to have an entrepreneurial spirit, to get real life business training in the real world. Because the stuff that you learn in the real world, you just can't really fully understand that with an education. Right. Education is great, but it can only get you so far. I feel like a lot of small business owners learn as they go and you learn what works and what doesn't work for you. 
And no matter how many times people are like, don't do that, don't do that, you're going to do it and you're going to make the mistake <laughs> and then you're going to learn from it. So. Yes, it's like once you do it and, mis- and then you mess up, it's like that's going to sting a little bit, but then that's going to be something that sticks with you so you don't do it again. <laughs> right. I always say to myself, like, you don't know what you don't know until you know. And right. so that's something I've always like thought, I always think about that and meditate about that. I'm like, okay, I wouldn't have known I could have failed at this if I wouldn't have tried. Now I know what works and what doesn't. And now I know what I can do better next time to make this way better than it could have ever been. Can you, you know? say that again? What you say to yourself, you don't know what you don't know. And then and what? You don't know what you don't know until you know. Okay. Yeah, I love that. I don't know about you, but like, I always do this self-talk to myself, kind of like that. Like, you don't know what you don't know. Like, don't beat yourself up. Just keep going and do like a little pep talk to myself. Do you ever do that? I do. Sometimes I'm like, okay. So I create something called a vision board that I look at all throughout my day. I have it posted in my bathroom. I have it posted in my office right next to my desk. So every time I look over to look out the window, it's like right next to my window. So I always, um, I'm always trying to like do practice gratitude daily and look at my vision board and say, okay, what am I going to do today? What small change am I going to make today that's going to get me closer to that vision or to that specific thing that I want to accomplish? So I do say things like that all the time. I'm like, okay, Andrea, you can do this take a deep breath. We're going to get through this, this time right now. It's going to be okay. And um, I'm always trying to just think positive, speak positive, speak positively. And, um, and just also surround myself with positive thinkers as well, because that one person that is constantly negative, they can really bring you down to their level, like in an instant. And it's hard to come overcome that. So I'm very, um, conscious about who I spend time with and who I surround myself with. And if they're not that person that I admire or I want to be like, or want to learn to be like, then I try to um, distance myself from them. Totally. Yeah. They can suck your energy quickly. (laughs) Really, for sure. (laughs) So let's pivot and talk a little bit about your wins. Can you share with us what you're most proud of accomplishing? And it can be in business and life, whatever. Yeah. Hmm. I think something I'm most proud is always taking that scary step forward and chasing my dream to make it a reality. And that I can give you specific examples. Yeah. Like I knew in high school, I wanted to go to Mizzou. That's where I wanted to go. So that's where I went. I knew that I also wanted to study abroad and travel. And I grew up in a single parent family. My parents were divorced. It was crazy and messy. And I basically was on my own financially for my whole life, pretty much. So I knew that I wanted this dream to happen, to go to London, to like intern at these really awesome, amazing internships there. And I just took a leap of faith and did the steps required needed and God provided. And I was able to go and do those things. So one of my greatest accomplishments was being able to travel abroad and live there for almost a year and to experience all the amazing things I got to experience with fashion there specifically. Um, I worked for Stella McCartney while I was there, which was phenomenal. 
I don't know if you know who she is, but she is Paul McCartney's daughter. She's a really high-end fashion designer. And so I interned in her press office for a little while. Oh, that's cool. Um, it was really cool. And then while I went to school there, I went to a fashion school and I actually went to school with Christian Siriano, which is um, a fashion designer. He was on Project Runway. Um, and I got to be around all these really creative, amazing people. And it was so inspiring to be there. And also got to work at um, L'Oreal in their prestige and collections department where they, we did color proofing and merchandising and things like that. So I got to dabble in all different kinds of things and fashion styling, like some of my professors were like a big deal. Like they worked with high-end um, fashion show designers like all the time, or some of them were very experienced fashion buyers. So I got to experience a little bit of all aspects of the fashion world. And that was just amazing to me. It was so yeah. fun, so exciting. Like was your so mind blown? <laughs> Mind was blown the whole time. <laughs> like it was a dream. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh, I'm living my dream right now. This is amazing. It was, it was so great. So, what is something that most people don't know about what it took for you to accomplish going abroad for a year? Um, just taking that leap of faith and that step, because the first step of anything scary is being brave. And so, just the amount of bravery it takes to leave everything and everyone you've ever known by yourself and go into a foreign country and navigate the airport. And, you didn't know anybody? Um, I knew one person that was going to be my roommate that also came from my school, but we didn't go together. Right, right. We went separately. And um, so, yeah. And then she was only there for a semester before she had to go. So it, it was good because I knew that she was coming. So I knew that I'd have at least one person. Right. <laughs> but you're going into this environment where like you haven't slept in like so many hours. And like when you get there, it's almost like you're, you, it feels like you're in a dream. Like when you get to the city, I guess it's because I did an overnight thing. Um, my dad works for the airlines. And so I flew standby, which was oh, super yeah. stressful <laughs> in itself. I was just like praying that I would get on a flight right. <laughs> because there was a chance I might not get on one. So I got there and just navigating everything alone. When she came, it was a little, a little more comforting, but yeah, it was a big step and just the amount of courage it takes to get there, but you can do it. Anyone can do it. You just have to take those steps. And just take each moment at, at that time, moment by moment. So do you think so. that helped you to realize that, like going there and kind of pushing yourself and trying something completely new, that that helped you to realize uh, you just have to keep kind of pushing yourself and doing the next best thing? Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of times there when I probably didn't do some make wise choices. <laughs> <laughs> traveling at one o'clock in the morning. I remember coming back from break into London. I, I get on the tube. I have nowhere to live. I um my second semester when I went back, I didn't have a place to live. I was like, I'm not staying in the student housing. It's so ridiculously expensive. Um, I was like, I got there at midnight. The tube shuts down at like 12 or 1 a.m. So I got there and I had like a 45 minute tube ride 
to get to my location. And then when I got there, I didn't, all I had was an address. I didn't have enough money to get a cab to pay for my way. So I was just like carrying two 50 pound bags at the time by myself with bags on my back, <laughs> running in and out and switching all these tube lines to get to the street that was the street to get off to find my friend's apartment because I was just going to stay with her until I could find a place to live. And so I got there and um, I was like, I don't know what, to, I don't know what to do. It's one o'clock in the morning. The tube shut down behind me. I made it to my stop. I was like praying the whole time I would make it there. I get there. I'm like, I, I climb like a flight of 500 steps or more with two 50 pound bags and this little tiny girl <laughs> carrying them by herself. I was like, oh, maybe somebody will come and help me. <laughs> I was like, nope. <laughs> Finally, some, um, a nice man did, but it took some time. Like I was struggling up those stairs until somebody offered to help. But then yes. I get there dark and I don't know which way to go. And I'm like, you know what? I don't even care. I was like, God, just send somebody to help me. I don't even care if they kill me right now. <laughs> I just want to go somewhere. <laughs> I'm standing at the middle of the station and there's like no one around. And then this Italian guy comes up to me and leads the way and takes me to my friend's house and doesn't kill me. <laughs> but I thought he starts taking me down this dark alleyway. I was like, oh my gosh, here it is. Here's the moment I'm going to die. <laughs> so, I'm like, no, let's just stay to the main road. He's like, oh, okay, yeah, let's go. This, this is the way. This is the way. And so he takes me to my friend's house. I feel like he was my angel that day because... He was very polite and respectful and kind. He's like, you should not be alone. This is dangerous. I was like, I know. (laughs) Okay, but I am such a fan of traveling alone or going to like going camping alone, doing something on your own, just because I think it kind of builds up a strength within you from having to go through tough situations and then realizing, oh, I can get through this. I don't know if you had that experience. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that experience, experience really shaped me and molded me to who I am. Like I was brave enough to take the steps to leave and go, but there was a lot of scary things that I did there. Like, like finding who goes somewhere and doesn't have a place to live. (laughs) I mean, that was crazy. Now that I think of it, like, what was I thinking that I would just easily, I mean, I was like, you know what? I'll find something. It'll be fine. And I did. I found a girl that went to my school and we got an apartment together and it was fine. Um, but it wasn't in the best part of town. <laughs> it was at King's Cross Station, which is any Harry Potter fans out there. It was right by, it was King's Cross where the train station is. I lived right next to the train station. Oh, but on cool. one side of the street, it was okay. And on the other side of the street is where all the drug dealers and um, prostitutes and all of that live. So I was like, go down that side and there's my house That's my funny. flat <laughs> it was crazy so let's talk a little bit pivot and talk a little bit about your struggles can you tell us about a time when you gave up but now you wish you wouldn't have yeah so I feel like the biggest thing that stands out is just like a personal and it's super silly it's not anything crazy but I remember as a kid I was very shy and I had a best friend that lived next door. Her name was Anna. And we took dance together. And um, <clears throat> she found out she was going to be moving to Florida. And I was devastated because I was super shy. And she was like my rock, my person that I would go to do dance with. 
after she moved, I was like, I'm not dancing ever again. Like, I'm not doing it. I'm too, I, don't, I don't like it. <laughs> so I thought, <laughs> it is like the one thing that I always kick myself. I wish I would have continued doing it because I could be an amazing dancer now. And now I'm not. <laughs> but I out like in middle school, I was like, man, I really regretted it in middle school when I was trying out for the palm team. I made it on that team, but then I got to high school and I just wasn't good enough of a dancer to be able to get on the dance squad at in high school. And then even in high school, like, so in, I guess in, I guess in college and after college, I just started taking adult dance classes for fun oh, nice. to get back to that. And that was so much fun, like learning how to tap again and hip hop. And I loved it. Am I an amazing dancer? Not at all. But I love it. And I love watching my kids do it now. And I live vicariously through my little seven-year-old who's amazing. She's got the body and, you know, the moves for it. (laughs) But that's the one thing I regret the most out of my whole life is that. Because usually a lot of other things I really don't give up on. I always keep at it. If it's something that I really care about and I'm passionate about, I feel like I learned my mistake from that point. I was like, I'm not going to let that happen again. So So. when you got back to dancing or started kind of in college, did it, did it feel like you were returning home in a sense? It felt good, but it also felt like, I don't belong here (laughs) because I wasn't good. I mean, like everyone by that age that if they've danced like all throughout their high school years into college, like they're really good. I love doing it. And it was just like a fun, creative outlet to like exercise and to have fun. And so that's how I view it today. Like I'll do class now that we're quarantined, I do classes online with my daughter. And so we just do them together. Like Zumba or (laughs) what kind of class? No, um, like she does hip hop and jazz and, um, and acro. I can't do all that stuff, but I can do (laughs) some. (laughs) Hey. Do what's fun or what makes you laugh, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but I love doing hip hop. It's fun. Right. So you're a mom of three. Have you mm-hmm. ever struggled with mom guilt? And how do you deal with oh, that? Oh, for sure. I feel like any mom who's ever busy with working on something personal for themselves gets mom guilt at some point. I have never really struggled with that because when I am with my kids, I make sure to create really fun environments that we're always creating memories together so that when I am focused on not them, when we are together, they're going to remember those moments because they're so fun. I'm always about doing, creating adventures and projects and constantly creating these fun atmospheres for my kids. I feel like they're lucky kids. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Can you give us an example? Um, an adventure or something you've done or just something small I don't just that they thought was fun yeah like um sometimes we would go um I try to find like really unique experiences like especially when I was homeschooling uh we were learning about Christopher Columbus and all that and so I found in um Cape I think it was in Cape Girardeau Missouri they had a rep the replica ships docked And so I was like, hey, let's go on a field trip today. We're going to drive down to Cape Girardeau, which is a few hour drive. I took my dad with me for support. (laughs) And then we went on to the Mayflower, a replica of the Mayflower and went on to those ships. 
and did some unique things. Now, like not everything is as extravagant as that. Some things right. it might just be going on a hike or um, exploring, going to the, we call a, there's a pond down the street from our house in our neighborhood. And we call it the duck pond because it's where all the ducks go and you can fish there. And there's like a white walking trail around it. And then there's a trail that leads off of it that takes you behind all the houses. And it's kind of like um, an adventure path, we call it. <laughs> and then we have another area in our neighborhood that has a, like an old bridge. And we call it the troll bridge. So just creating fun, unique right. um, environments and just creating fun projects that, for them to do that are not ordinary. Right. <laughs> it sounds like you're also being intentional. Yes. You have to be extremely intentional, but honestly, you can still be an intentional and not plan everything out to a T. Like you can be spur of the moment intentional. Right. Right. Just have to know that you're going to do it. But I think those are also the <laughs> moments that, that your kids will remember in the long run. So let's pivot yeah. and talk a little bit about your mindset. Tell me about your mindset and how it has led to your badassery. Um, all of my mindset has to do with positivity and keeping a positive mindset. I feel like this is an ongoing, growing, learning type of thing for me. I'm always figuring out how I can get better at this. But um, I think if you truly believe what you're going to do and achieve and you speak that out loud verbally and internally, um, that you can make it happen. Like you tell your brain it's going to happen. You speak the truth into it and your body is going to follow suit. So your actions can follow suit. Um, so some things that I do is I will like, I listen to podcasts, like motivating, encouraging podcasts. I try to join, um, communities of women that lift one another up and inspire each other. And so for my field, since I own a boutique, I found a group at the very beginning of this process of starting my business of women, uh, that were all boutique owners. It's called the boutique hub. And it started by Ashley Alderson, and it is a phenomenal, amazing group to network, to share ideas, to provide community over competition. And I love that because yes. in the past, people are so competitive and nitpicky and like, oh, don't look at me, don't copy that. Da, 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 da. <laughs> like, you know, people are just crazy, especially in the boutique world, from what I've known from the past. <clears throat> And this community is everything opposite of that. I'm all about like us locking arms together and helping each other because there is millions of people in the world and there is enough for everyone. I couldn't agree no. more. Yeah. I mean, I think we get further working together and helping each other out rather than feeling like somebody's going to take something from you. Exactly. And I feel like when you help others, like that's only going to flow back to you. Absolutely. I feel like it's a community and we're all in this together, especially now during um, this really difficult time with COVID. Yeah. <clears throat> all of us small business owners are just linking arms, trying to share ideas and brainstorm new ways and creative ways to make it through this. So, so what's one thing you're doing to like a creative way to make it through this? Creative? I don't know if it's creative. Right now, I'm just like pumping out the work. I am doing everything. I'm loading all of my items into my system for my new website. <clears throat> I'm just working around the clock to try to get this done as soon as possible so I can get it up and going. And then I'm constantly listening to different speakers, um, 
and reflecting on past conferences that I've been to that really get me inspired and motivated to keep going and keep moving and that I will get this accomplished and I will get stuff done and I just have to take it one day at a time, one bite at a time. Not yes. let it overwhelm me because I can easily become overwhelmed with the pile of work that I have. But <laughs> once you start nip, nip, nipping away at it and getting through it, like it becomes smaller and then new challenges arise. But yeah. So speaking of how you try to get inspired or stay motivated, what is, can you share with us one of your mindset hacks for confidence and self-esteem? Um, I would say like practicing gratitude every day just really humbling yourself and being where you are now and where you were in the past and where you can go in the future and just keeping that positive mindset. I'd say shutting off all the negativity, like first thing in the morning and trying every day to not look at my phone or check email or social media or any of that until I accomplish some things off of my list, some important things to Stay in that positive mindset mode. So when you're practicing gratitude, it really humbles you to see all the things that you're really blessed with and what you are already success, doing successfully. So I do that. Also, obviously, prayer, meditation. I do yoga. Yoga is a really great um, stress reliever just for your body, for toning and building strength, but also just um, clearing your thoughts and your mind. Yes. Yourself open. I would, <clears throat> and then go ahead. Sorry. I was doing hot yoga right before, just for uh -huh. like a month before this happened, like coronavirus and it all got shut down. So I was like, oh, because I was enjoying it, but now I'm missing it. <laughs> oh, I loved hot yoga. I used yes. to do that years ago, but um, there's not one close to me and it's, it is pretty pricey. So I was like, I need to change. But I do yoga at home on YouTube now. Nice. So I'm trying to at least do some of that. It's yeah. hard. It's really hard to manage everything right now. <laughs> I fit with homeschooling again. Oh, goodness. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, because everyone's homeschooling now. <laughs> yes. At least I have some experience. <laughs> right. <laughs> but life for everybody, I feel like, is just kind of up in the air because everything is so different than what we've ever known. Yeah. It's a different time we're living in for sure, but it's also a time for us to grow and to learn in different ways that we might not have always done. And, you know, a lot of the older generation, they're not so tech savvy or they don't like to right. think themselves to be, I'm not speaking for them, but yeah. um, just from what like grandparents and parents have told me, but it's really opening up or pushing them to engage in some of these things that they haven't before yeah so that's kind of yeah. cool see grandma on facebook <laughs> <laughs> yes i love it so Funny. you did homeschooling before and you're back mm -hmm. to doing it again while the kids are home do you have a tip for another mom who's never done homeschooling and is now having to homeschool her kids yeah my number one thing is do not stress about it do not get overwhelmed by it do not put all the pressure on yourself because that is what I did when I first started homeschooling. Um, I was so wanting to be like the perfect teacher and mom and wanted to make sure I was doing it at the standards that the state required. Um, 
but honestly, like your kids are learning through so many different things. Like you, even just baking with them and teaching them how to bake, how to use measuring cups, um, how to plant a flower, doing chores around the house, that's all gonna help them in their education. It doesn't just have to be book work. So don't stress yourself out and put all of these, I don't know, like these rules on yourself, like, oh, I have to do this, I have to do that, blah, blah, blah. You know, just make a plan. You have to have a plan. Make a plan for what their day looks like. Keep to a daily routine for the kids. Like do things at certain times because kids do best with routine. And when they have a plan for their day, my kids are especially like that. If for the days that we don't have plans, like they go crazy. I don't know what happens, but they start fighting and arguing and all of that. So sticking to a routine and having a plan and being intentional with your time, I would say, but don't let it overwhelm you. Just do what you can is the best advice I could give. Right. And I think that actually a lot of us, not everybody, but a lot of us do better with routines, you know, and sometimes with Corona, people dropped off on their prior routine, but I think that it can be helpful to try to stick to some of the routine that you did before, just so you have some sense of normalcy. (laughs) I agree. And I do like every day I will do my same routines that I did before. I'm just, instead of going to work at a store, now I'm here and I go to my office in my basement. So I still get up, I get showered, I put on makeup, I get dressed. I don't care if nobody else is going to see me. I'm going to see me. And that's important. It's important because when you are working throughout your day, what you look like sometimes reflects what you feel like. And so if you feel like a hot mess on the outside, you're going to act like a hot mess on the inside (laughs) or vice versa. So if you make yourself look good, then you feel confident about yourself and you feel like, okay, I can handle this day. I'm put together, at least on the outside. One yeah. thing I got done today, you know? Yeah. It just kind of gives you a little pep in your step. <laughs> it does. I don't and know I why I just said like... that. Pep in your step. But it does. <laughs> <laughs> but <Okay>. it's true. <laughs> it just made me feel really old. I don't know. <laughs> okay. All right. It's all right, girl. <laughs> Let's pivot and talk about badass advice. What was your turning point for accomplishing your goals and becoming a total badass? I think it was making the conscious decision that I was going to do it, making that decision and speaking it out loud to other people. I remember when I first told people I was going to start my own business and um, I was in a Bible study with a bunch of women and I was like so nervous to tell them. I was like, what in the world? Why am I like freaking out right now? (laughs) And like, they're like, Andrea, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> but it's like, so this is what I'm going to do. And they're like, that's awesome. Like, why are you freaking out? I'm like, I don't know. I, my body's just doing this. I guess it's because it's real then. Like, if you say you're going to do something and you speak it out to other people, then they're going to hold you accountable to doing it. Right. So, yeah, there's nothing I love more than, you know, following through with your actions. You can talk all day. You can learn all day, but putting it into action is like one of the hardest things to do. Yeah, totally. That conscious decision decision and choice to do it is half the battle. It's getting there and making steps. So that's what I would say was my biggest thing. What's one thing that you've learned from a woman in your life? I mean, there is so many things I've learned from women, (laughs) 
Uh, my grandma and my aunt were both business owners themselves. They um, both owned salons. And so watching them and learning how they navigated through their life and their businesses, really, um, I didn't realize it, but it did have an impact on me. Like, I always thought, like, when I was a little girl, my mom would take me to the salon and she'd go tanning at night and it would be closed. And like, me and my sister would run around and hide and play hide and seek and <laughs> And stranger danger games. <laughs> and um, I just thought, wow, this is so cool that my grandma owns this and she did this. And so I think one of the things that I've also learned is that you can accomplish big things. You just have to really believe in yourself and believe that you can do it. And it's way easier to say that than to do it. But my mom, that's something my mom has always done. She's always believed in us and always encouraged us in that way to do whatever we want to do and so I'm really thankful for that but yeah I love that yeah. so how do, how often do you read and can you recommend a book and share why I feel like I read a lot more before this coronavirus <laughs> stuff happens I'm like everyone is saying oh like what are you gonna do to fill the time I'm like fill the time what, what are you talking about <laughs> like I have less time now I feel like I feel like I'm sometimes more busy just because I'm in my home right doesn't mean I'm not more busy but there is a couple books I um, recently I read. Um, well, I listened to this book on tape because I would do it while I would be working. Since I don't have time to physically read, I read for a lot of other things. Um, like I'm doing a boot camp, a boot, a retail boot camp. But one of the books, Atomic Habits. I can't remember the author's name. James Clear. Oh, have you heard yeah. of that book? Yeah, oh, I read good. it. It's good. <laughs> oh, good. Isn't it good? Yes. I was like, yeah, why did so I, I learn this stuff sooner? <laughs> Seriously, I need to like listen to it again because I feel like it goes in and then you like start forgetting. Yeah, so, I'm with you. <laughs> yeah, I really love it. Um, I want to listen to it again. And then I also want to listen to Profit First by Mike, what's his last name? Michalowicz, I think his name is. Yeah, Profit First by Mike Michalowicz. Have you heard of him? Um, yes, or I, I've heard of Profit First, yeah. Okay. He wrote that book. Um, he was one of the speakers at one of my conferences for um, boutique owners and he was, his story was really inspiring. He basically shares his personal story um, about how he has started so many businesses and then fails and then starts another one, fails, starts another one. And then he just keeps doing it. And now he's very successful right. um, author and speaker, but it's really interesting to hear his story and his um, ideas behind profit first, which is basically pay yourself first mm -hmm. and then pay your expenses. And it's just a different way of thinking opposite of what an accountant does. <laughs> <laughs> your income is last and right. bookkeeping. But I um, listened to him and I loved hearing from him. And then somebody else, I really, I just think he's on track is Gary Vaynerchuk. Oh yeah. Um, I, I just, he's, he's a good, he's a smart guy. High speed. <laughs> he's high speed for sure. <laughs> but I always think it's interesting and motivating to listen to him sometimes. And I want to, I want to get around to reading his books, Jab, Jab, Right Hook. And he has like one other one or a couple others, but yeah, those are on my next list. So <laughs> I'm reading Jab, Jab, Right, right Hook right now, actually. <laughs> are you? I am. Oh my gosh, this is so crazy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All like, right. We're on the same page here. I know. Great minds think alike. Yeah. <laughs> so 
let's end with a tip to encourage uh, let's end with a tip to encourage women who are in the arena fighting for the life that they want and then if you'll share how the audience can connect with you sure i would say always believe in yourself do not give up on your dream if you have a passion put this put your steps into action put a, an action plan together and take those steps because you can dream all day long but that's not going to get you where you want to go um, also, when you do get there and you start your own business, make sure to pay yourself because I haven't done that yet and I need to do that. So that's my next, my goal for next year is to pay down business debt and to start paying myself. Do that first before yes. you get into it because it's so important, not only to keep you motivated and going, but I mean, my passion motivates me, so it doesn't frustrate me that I haven't been able to pay myself yet because I know I'm building something bigger right. and eventually that will come, but I need to be more intentional about doing that. So make sure to do that. And also, I know I said a lot of things, <laughs> but you can't be who you want to be without giving yourself some self-love and self-care. So make sure that you're making time for yourself and taking care of your mind and your body. And um, lastly, so you can follow me. Yeah, it's very important. Yeah, <laughs> I got to tell myself that all the time. <laughs> but I always do. I'm really good about taking care of myself, like doing things like having a glass of wine with some friends on Zoom now. <laughs> having those it. happy hours, you know, you got to have that time. To yes. girl time but, Refuel you. Um, yeah. So I was, uh, you could just, you can, Addie and Anne's Boutique is the name of my store. I'm getting ready that? to launch. Um, yeah, it's A-D-D-I and A-I-N-S Boutique. Um, it's addianains.com is the website and that will be launching soon, but you can go there and sign up for the VIP list to get notified of when we do launch. And then you can follow us on either Pinterest, Instagram, Facebook, and I have a TikTok, but it's not great, guys. <laughs> <laughs> At least you started yeah. one. <laughs> at least I started one and I yep. did a couple of things. I'm like, oh, I'm not good at this. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Andrea. You have been a total badass and I've enjoyed hearing your story. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. With that, we'll end our show. To all the badass women out there staying in the arena, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, own it and get after it. Now that you've listened to this episode of Ordinary to Badass, we want to hear from you. Go to our website, OrdinaryToBadass.com slash podcast and submit your own experience on how you took your life from ordinary to badass and get the chance to be on a future Spotlight episode of the show. That's OrdinaryToBadass.com forward slash podcast. While you're waiting for the next episode of the show, wipe off the sweat, dust off the dirt, and get back in the arena.